Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49 and Faithful UK show. Week 15 and a Christmas Day game. Turned out to be not quite so merry for the 49ers, as a strong Ravens team combined a good performance, a good game plan, and a few slices of luck to leave with a 33-19 victory. Much has been made of the performance, especially Brock Purdy's four interceptions, but Montana had a four-interception game, just thought I'd get that in first, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to provide some measured reaction, and certainly not overreaction, to a game that ultimately hasn't changed the Niners' playoff situation at all. But if you do need the therapy, we are here to help. I'm Gareth Ellis, and while there's no victory boxing day, it's still good to see Paul Hope. Gareth, it's great to have you back, buddy. What's up, fearful? Don't worry, the sky's not falling in. It's not. And Najee Karar. Hello, everyone. So Lee Lee is still on IR. His voice is not up to it. I think Lee's had a had a throat infection, um, and unfortunately can't uh, talk as much as he would like to. And I think it's it's probably safe for everybody involved that he's not even going to try on the podcast yeah. because uh, he would probably uh, not be able to contain himself as we as we know and love. Um, and he's to be honest, he's chosen another good game. I think to to duck out of. So there we are. <laughs> yeah. We've had a bit of time to digest the the performance, you know, the sucking the disappointment. Have you got some talking points for the game that we can go through and make some sense out of a game I don't think anyone really saw coming? Yeah, I've done my homework. I do, Gareth. You were back. The last two episodes, me and Nadji have winged it, and I mean winged it, but you're back. So I got my homework done. So the first talking point for me is turnovers big part of this game. Me and Nadji talked about it um, in the preview. You lose a turnover battle, which we'll get into. The sky isn't falling in, as I said at the start. I've got more on that. And the last one, the Grinch came to town. Penalties, (laughs) penalties, penalties. So we need to discuss that. Yeah, that summed up the game pretty well. Nadji? Yeah, we need to talk about the O-line. I think that's uh, one of the reasons the sky did fall on that day, not on the season, obviously. Uh, yeah, we need to talk about Brock and what it means uh, in his future. I really enjoyed his press conference and his reaction to it. And I think, uh, thirdly, we need to talk about defense. And further and longs. What's, what is it with further and longs and good QBs? What can... <sighs> anyway. Oh, there we go. A little bit of frustration set in earlier. Calm down, Nadji. It's uh, it's all done. <laughs> We're supposed to be doing the therapy, not not requiring the therapy. Uh, so um, let's. I mean, it's quarterback stuff. Let's start with Brock Purdy. I think you. Yeah, I. That. Um, then, uh, off you go, Nadji. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I took a deep dive into interception QBs, and I wanted to see if there's something that you know happened regularly or not. And it turns out it happens quite, actually quite a lot to a lot of very good QB you mentioned uh, in the intro. Montana did have four, although he did win that game. So that obviously helps a little bit. Um, there's a lot of QBs have had multiple uh, interception games like this. Peyton Manning had six. Tom Brady had six of those games. Peyton Manning had six interception games against the Chargers the year he was at the Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, this was peak Peyton Manning. Uh, it, basically, it happens. John Amos has done it. Uh, Testa Verde has done it. Uh, 
obviously um what's his name for the Packers? I'm blanking now. Uh Brett Favre has Favre. done it. Yeah, yeah, plenty of times. Four interception games are not uh it, it, it happens. And I think if we really truly look at all of those the only one I have a problem with is the first one. And he said so himself, and that ties in into his reaction in on the podium and his press conference. He explained what he did, and uh, Troy Aikman actually did read that pretty well during the broadcast and talked about it, even though they were really biased against him not getting MVP. That's a discussion for another time. Contrast the Cowboys. And... Um, yeah, he just basically uh, he got fooled by by Carl Hamilton, who I hope is okay by the way, because um, he's an absolute all-time safety. I think he's going to be great in this league for a long time. Um, he just got fooled. He went to his second read. He thought he was open. He should have checked it down, uh, and he didn't. He tried to squeeze it in, and he paid the price. And ultimately, it changed the, cons- the complexion of the game. That drive was amazing. The Josh Kittle catch. And run. I think if he chose a different route on his running and go behind BA, he might go all the way and score. Uh, it just, it just, it was one of those days. I think. Um, but yeah, apart from that, two deflection, one O-line crumbling, uh, hit his arm just at the wrong time, and the pass was off, and you end up with four picks. Uh, you know, it happens. I don't think it's the end of the world, and I really like the way. Brock said, yeah, I'm not happy about it. The first one happened because of this, and it's my fault. It, he's learned. I think that game has taught him a lot, and I I think that's great that it happened on a game that we really did not need to win all that much. It would have been nice, but it's not the end of the world. We just need to win uh, this Sunday coming. Dallas lose. Uh, the Lions lose, the Eagles lose, and we still got the number one seed before playing the Rams. If not, we'll just have to beat the Rams. Not a problem. Um, but yeah, no, you know, sometimes QBs have bad games. And I don't even think he had a bad game. He was pretty on point, apart from four picks. You know, uh, if you look at the stats, take the four picks away. It's pretty birdie-ish, you know. Um, I've got the stats here, Najee. 18 yeah, for 32, it. 255 yards. No touchdowns and the four interceptions. And we talked, Gareth, on the preview show, me and Najee, of McDonald mixing his looks up. We said we, we couldn't tell you what strategy to play. McDonald mixes it up. And that first interception will be good for Brock's development because they look like they're in a cover three. You look at the all 22 level. You say what the check down, Najee. I've seen um, Johnny Dell, who was on with Chapman earlier, break it down. He said the problem is the defense had covered it that well. There wasn't a check down. And there's that small window, which Brock, all season long, has been fitting that ball into. And like you said, Hamilton just made a play. The other two interceptions was like a pinball machine, wasn't it? The ball was pinging around. And we've said, all season long, faithful, sometimes the ball bounces your way. And I said to Nadji off air, Gareth, that's why I'm not that worried. Brock Purdy didn't have much of a different game. And it sounds stupid saying out loud, other than four interceptions. But the sky isn't falling in. It's not like the interceptions we used to see with Jimmy or with Mullins, or with Bethard. And the Ravens played well. We said off air, Gareth, third and 16 against the likes of Jackson, Mahomes. Just give us PTSD, because they just seem to pull out the bag. But you look at Lamar's stats, Najee. I said to you, there's all this talk of MVP for Lamar. Baker Mayfield's got more touchdowns, more passing yards, in the same QBR rating. However, Jackson did play well on Christmas Day in prime time. But again, he had similar stats too. 
Brock Purdy. It wasn't like he came in and threw for 400 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he torched us. And I think... He didn't need to. <laughs> and again, there's a lot of people on our group, Gareth, have talked about the last few weeks we've been banging the drum for Brock to be MVP. Guess what? We're a 49 show, and we love Brock Purdy. Of course, we want him to be MVP. But I think it does bring us back to it was his worst performance of his career. Yet the ceiling is still sky high. And he'll bounce back, like you said, Najee. Go and watch the game tape. Go and watch JT O'Sullivan. Go and watch Johnny Dell. They break it down. They've got the all 22, the slow it down. And my knowledge this year has, has increased doing these scouting reports. And I kind of felt a bit humble, Najee, that what we'd said the Ravens defense was going to do, they did. The linebackers um, were excellent, best at Purdy's yep. faced. So yep. if we meet them again, Gareth, maybe it's a lesson learned. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I think there's lessons to learn for that. I think that was what I alluded to in the beginning, that slice of luck. The batted passes uh, could can go anywhere. We've seen that with three of the interceptions. They could have landed anywhere, and all three of them landed right to a Ravens player. And now, I'm, I'm not saying that we lost due to bad luck, because we didn't. We were beaten by the better team. But yeah. that luck, particularly the way it changed the momentum or stalled us early in the game and at the beginning of the third quarter, just really knocked the stuffing out of us. And yeah. when the game gets away from you, we, we've we seen before, we tend to move away from the run game, which was working well. We had to put it back on, on Brock Purdy. And fair enough, the best thing you see for a quarterback, he's thrown four interceptions and he's still coming out there throwing those deep layered passes into danger areas without any any sort of hesitancy to it. He's just gone right back out there and carried on doing what he's doing. It didn't seem to bother him. Uh, and I think that was a that's a, a positive we can get out of it. But you alluded to it as well. Fair play to the Ravens. I think the Ravens were very well prepared. I think they were very well drilled. Um, and I do think you make a bit of your own luck. I think they had realised a little bit like we've been able to contain the running quarterbacks by kind of reining in the pass rush a little uh, and keeping the quarterback contained, I do wonder whether they had identified throwing lanes and said, stay there, stay in the throwing lanes and don't try and get to him. When he's throwing, just get your arms up in the air. And whether that is a tactic they'd actually looked at, because, of course, Brock isn't the biggest quarterback. We've seen people do that with Kyler Murray, which is sit there in the pass lanes if you can identify them and just get your arms up in the air. Um, and that's my concern, that if other people see that and use that as a blueprint, um, because uh, Purdy is is sneaky athletic in terms of his escapability and his pocket presence. And I think people have seen that and maybe adjusted to that and said, well, the one thing he can do is is he can't get the ball up high over those short distances because he's not the tallest guy out there. Uh, and and maybe that was that was a, a Ravens game plan for batting the passes. And it just so happened on the night, they fell very nicely. Um, but I think you're right. The sky's not falling in. Every quarterback has a bad game. I didn't even think it was that bad. It's just the interceptions. They just fell to the Ravens players. How many times have we seen them drop just out of reach or just drop short? And the game's entirely different. But it was one of those nights. I did. Uh, I failed to mention my uh, my three talking points. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, which was because it, it's partly that it's towards the end of the game. I was thinking it's better to have all of your bad luck and all of your off games from your key players in one go because. 
Kittle drop catches. He he let that pass bounce right off him for one of the interceptions. Um, Debo dropped. I think Ayuk dropped. I think everybody just seemed to, I think partly because of the game had got away from us, but everybody seemed to have a bad game. And I thought, actually, while it's painful watching this at 3.30 in the morning, I'd rather see all our bad luck going in one game because you can only lose one game at a time rather than see that kind of dropping um, uh, performance level or just the bad luck spread out across the season. So that that was going to be one of my uh, my talking points. Um, the others was, it's going to hurt, and poking the bear at this time of the season isn't necessarily a bad thing in the long run. I think at humbling the team, that may be not so bad. Um, and finally, we really need that one number one seed to uh, manage some of the battered bodies, which probably leads me nicely onto your second point, Naji, the O-line. Mm, performance and injuries, take it away. Uh, performance, definitely not good enough. Um, the Ravens only rushed four pretty much all the time, and they got pressure a lot. They managed to get four sacks, and as you said, you know, two, uh, three of the picks uh, that they got were battered by one of them or as uh, the last one was uh, they just got to Brock and touch his arm um no yeah they did a really good job and we didn't and I, so i don't know if it's all injuries i know aaron banks has been struggling with a toe uh but trent williams uh was out with the groin i don't know how early he did that and if he just battled through it until it, the game was pretty much out of reach and decided to drop out um and uh Buff, no, Jalen Moore uh, got a concussed as well. But we had to basically <laughs> put Markiewicz on the left side, put Burford at tackle on the right side with Feliciano at guard. And uh, it was a bit, uh, yeah, I mean, we ended up playing the game with just Brandel as, as in his right starting position. It's very difficult to uh, manage uh, any kind of running or just protection when you have a makeshift line on the fly. Uh, had we lost one more lineman, we could actually not carry on playing the game and we would have had to forfeit, which I'm not sure has ever happened ever before. Um, but yeah, that's the situation we ended up being. And again, I think we cannot just say, oh, we lost this game because of a couple of injuries here and there. The Ravens pushed us and battered us on the line of scrimmage and they made their own lunk and we got injured in the process um they were much better than we were they were much prepared better prepared than we were on that game and i think even if we don't throw four picks or we protect brock a little bit more i think that game would have been extremely close anyway um we could have lost it regardless of that um but yeah, O-line is... Uh, I'm keeping an eye on the injury uh, report. Obviously, Trent didn't practice, uh, but I think he's okay. Uh, Banks didn't practice. Um, so we would have to keep an eye on all of that. I think Williams was there today, and he doesn't normally practice yeah. on a Wednesday, but I think he took part in the walkthrough, because I've seen you know, some people yeah. on tweets. So, and then... Yeah. No, to, echo, to echo your point, because we, we're known for stats on this show, the Ravens generated 22 pressures in four sacks on Monday Night Football. And that's the most pressures given up by us all season. The previous high, surprised me, was 15 week one at the Steelers. And, yeah. and like you've, <laughs> you've said, people listening to this show know what we talk about now. Good football teams find a way to expose your weakness. And what I felt the Ravens did well, Nadji, they attacked us like CMC is being used to block on the edge or to you know, sneak off in the motion. 
They went straight for him when I've watched the game tape back. There's a couple of times where CMC's at fault. The linemen have done all right, but because the edges come off the, the off the edge and he's bull rushed CMC, Brock was like a, a, a deer in headlights. And I think the one Brock wants back is where he saw the flag and he was running around thinking the flag was on them and it was a free play. And he throws it across his body to Kittle. And like you said, Gareth, nine times out of ten, George makes that bounce off his blooming chest. And then before you know it, the Ravens have got the ball again. And I think things like that, remember people, he's only just turned 24. The Brock Express isn't being derailed. But yeah, I think our raw line had um, a bad night. And it's, it's shown they've, they've re-signed Matt Pryor. They've released Manning. And I think um, Trent Williams will be a big, big one if he can play mm. on Sunday night. Yeah, I think that's 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 a good cover of it. The the Ravens' defense is pretty ferocious, and they came with a good plan, and were well prepared and executed it well. And I think it really helped. If you can get your noses in front, we've seen before. If we have to play from behind, we're not the same team, and that is is something I think I mentioned it way. Perhaps it was even in the in the three game losing streak, but way further back, we we've got to find different ways to win. We've got to be able to come back from being in a hole. And and I think we saw it on this game. We just abandoned the run as soon as we're behind. And the run game was working well. CMC was was pulling off big runs. And then we just seemed to move away from it. And early in the third quarter, that there's plenty of time left. It's not the last four minutes or, or so of the game. Um, we, we've got to find a, a different way of, of, of overcoming when these teams execute their game plan and get us in the hole, which the Ravens did exactly as as you said, by attacking us at the line of scrimmage and stopping us doing what we wanted and getting that bit of luck early. Uh, and that's that's probably my biggest concern. I think that the actual result, the performance, everybody just seemed a little bit out of sorts. Every, obviously, people are tired, the preparation perhaps, Christmas, everything else, even though it was the home game. Um, you've got to you've got to take your hats off to to the coaching staff at the Ravens for preparing their team to travel across the country uh, and pull out that sort of performance because um, that's that's the sort of thing that championship teams do. And obviously, we've seen the Ravens move ahead. I think of the Niners in in terms of uh, being the Super Bowl favourites now because of that performance. Uh, it was a good performance. We weren't quite up to it, but I don't think it was our indicative of what the team is. And that's why I said about poking the bear. That's going to hurt. And yeah. I think a lot of those guys are potentially in the next game, as we will come to later, um, going to want to make a statement and want to make a, a much improved performance. Uh, turnovers, Paul. I think we have kind of covered it, but anything else to say? I don't really want to talk about it anymore, but nah. over to you. The only, the only thing I was going to bring back when you were mentioning there, and I was going to ask both of you two, you know, to Carl Shanahan is known for having his game plan and his scripted plays. And that first drive, like you said, Nancy, we march up the field. And hindsight is the wonderful thing, people. But what I'd like to have seen, first and 10, instead of going for that throw to Debo, why not when CMC's motioned across, the defence don't bite in it, Gareth. Do a run play. See what the defence is going to give you. It just seemed that Kyle, I don't know for you two, he wanted Brock to win the game early on, that was the game plan was we're going to be pass heavy, we're not going to run the ball very well. I've seen some people say it's all part of 5D chess and Shanahan's thinking of the Super Bowl. I promise you he's not. You win who's in front of you. I just think maybe we got a little bit overcomplicated with things and the Ravens came in, stuck to the game plan. But 
You can't lose a turnover battle, Gareth. We've said it time and time again on this show. And if you give up five interceptions, you look at the stats, we actually outgained them 121 to 101 on the ground, 308 to 241 in the air. And I know people are going to say that's because you gave them the ball <laughs> right on your goal line. <laughs> but equally, you it know, is. we lost this game by two touchdowns and we've turned the ball over five times. We should be sat here looking at maybe a three, possibly a four touchdown score. The defence played well. We lost this game in that weird period between the end of the first half and then the third quarter. And it was just, I think that was the interception for me that I think Brock and Kyle have both said. Nah. And you said it before, Nadji. Go listen to what Kyle Shanahan said. They've, they've sat down together on Brock's birthday. They've watched mm. game tape. They're not, the sky's not falling in. So I'm feeling ever optimistic. And like you said, Gareth, if you are in need of therapy, we're the three fine gentlemen for you, because by the end of this show, you're going to be fully back on the Brock Express, I promise you. <laughs> oh, God, yes. No, I mean, I think this is a, it's a good reminder of what football is. You know, it's a hard game where margins are very, very small. And Paul and I talked about it, that we I, the only way I could see us lose this game was us not playing the way we should have played. And it's exactly what happened. And if on top of that, those turning points uh, are putting at the worst possible time, which is exactly what we did. Uh, it's very, very, very difficult to win a game. Um, not impossible, but very, very difficult. There is also one start, and I agree with you. I think that is something that we need to see Kyle do, <laughs> uh, hopefully very soon. It, that 0-36 when we're eight mm. points down in the fourth quarter, it's really, really worrying, the fact that we cannot win games. Uh, we cannot get back into a game if eight points is not that much it's one touchdown and the field goal you can win on the field goal on the next possession uh, it's it's really funny that as you say we seem to kind of abandon the whole plan even though it's working and you, all you need is just slowly get back into the game i think i remember um julian Edelman and tom brady t- talking on the side on the you know the 28 three world famous comeback and it's just let's just win the next play and then when you've done now we'll win the next one after and i don't think kyle is quite there yet i don't think he's realized that you don't need to win it all and and brock is the same that throw across his body to to george you don't need to do this you don't need to win on this play and win the game right there just throw the ball away take a knee leave another day it's really important it's really hard to learn this when you play football because most sports aren't like this it doesn't happen like this you know in basketball in soccer uh, you don't win just a little bit at a time you have to be better straight away and for long periods of time to win it back football is not like that you have to win slowly because they're going to get the ball back and then you're going to get it back etc etc so again i think the whole the whole thing and the fact that he was on TV and everybody was watching. Yeah, it's going to give us ammo. People are going to be very pissed off about it. And I think a lot of, a lot of people on the staff have learned a valid, valid lessons. The Ravens are seasoned, good coached uh, team. We have so many young people on our, on, our, on our staff. It's crazy. Even Kyle, you know, he's not that old compared to, you know, Pete Carroll's and the likes of. It's, they've got 30 years on him. And even John Harbaugh has been in the league for what seems to be forever. So, yeah, you've got to, you know, I think sometimes some games, they just, it's just the way it is, isn't it? You just show up, nothing's going your way, and you're just going to turn around and look at the next game, learn from it, because that's the main 
important there. And on to the commanders. Ultimately, if we win the rest of the season, this game will be forgotten. Um, but yeah, it, it's very hard to win games when you turn the ball when over. When first start watching football, and Tracy was watching a game mid of the week, Nadji, and it was, um, I think, CMC got one yard on the ground, and he literally ran straight into the defenders. And Tracy went, why is he doing that? And I was like, it's keeping the defence honest. You have to run the ball sometimes for not little gain. And sometimes you have to do these things. And when you first watch football, you think, well, if he can throw it 50 yards, why can't he do that every play? Yeah. It's not as easy as that. And and like you said, Gareth, um, we're sat here now 4-1 and one in that period of the season, the bird hunting season. I think we'd have all taken that a few weeks ago. Yeah, totally. Have, had, I'm sure I like had said, the Baltimore's as a loss. Win, yeah. win the next two games, the number one seed. Everything runs through mm-hmm. Levi, so the, the sky isn't falling in. And what's weird, and we're going to move on to it, the penalties, I don't like to blame we need to penalties for a loss. I don't like to blame the referees, Nadji, but I'm more wanting to talk about it from our team point of view. So I don't know whether that's the right time now, Gareth. Cause I don't yeah, know definitely. So 10 for 102 yards. Wait and they were just We were back to the bad old days of where a good play would happen and then the yellow flag would appear, and that was on both sides of the ball. Um, Gibson was called for penalties on consecutive players. I think he gave Ravens 37 of the 65 yeah. yards needed to set up Tucker's 28-yard field goal. Um, Gibson was called for pass interference on the tight end, whose name escapes me. Hargrave got a sack in the second quarter. We said Najee Affair was trying to watch it quietly, trying to celebrate quietly at stupid o'clock in the morning, and then players like that, shift the momentum mm. and I just wanted to know what your two thoughts were. That's why I wanted to mention penalties because we have to talk about it, chaps. I think it's it's sim- it was symptomatic of a poor performance, of a sloppy performance Very because sure. the penalties happen partly due to perhaps a little bit of frustration and, and dropping that concentration level and sometimes, particularly when you're chasing the game, trying too hard, forcing and thinking, you know, we've got to score, we've, we've got to get this first down I'll just hold on to that guy, just see if the refs, you know, yeah. miss it. Um, and and I think it's it's that when you're when you're playing badly and the game's getting away away from you, the penalties tend to creep in as well. So I don't necessarily think it was it, it was clearly a contribution to the to the loss, but I think it was just symptomatic of the way we can sum up the entire game. And several people have it was a bad day at the office. This is why you don't go to work on Christmas Day. Uh, it's, it's we should be been these Christmas Day games. Um, You've been talking to Tracy. <laughs> Christmas Day game. I, it didn't spoil my boxing there, but equally there was that bit of taste in your mouth. And before tight. we move on, Mitch, all pro punter, Mitch, even mm. he got in the act with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, play and, frustration. And that, that frustration. Of that, and like you said, Gareth, it's frustration. But you mix that in with the turnovers, and I know people who tune in who are maybe non-Niners fans or maybe like to be a little bit more naysayers than us. I'm going to say, you're glossing over that. We haven't. We've given the Ravens their flowers and their credit. Mm-hmm. However, it's not like they've come in and done to us like what we did to Dallas. And I've heard a few people say that, oh, this must be what the Cowboys fans felt like. And I was thinking, not at all. Go back and watch the game yeah. tape. Take the emotion out of it. Brock Purdy's had his usual game. George Kittle had a monster game, which Nadji called for on the preview yeah. show. It wasn't all bad. It's just we came out the bad end of thirty-three to nineteen. Yeah, it, it was Gareth, me who Gareth. called the. Uh, oh, Gareth, Gareth. Gareth called that. Gareth called that. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get the touchdowns. We uh, CMC got hundred yards because Nadji's the horse got hundred yards. So 
Not You've been yeah. replaced, Gareth. Nadji's the horse. I got all mixed up. Sorry, buddy. Wow. But I knew one of you had called it big kettle game. <laughs> yeah. It, to get back to the turn, the flags. Penalties. The penalties. Yeah. I, on defense, I can see why they can happen, and I can I totally understand the the logic and trying a little too hard and trying to make something happen because, as you see, you got to pick. the The game changes quite a lot, um, especially if you can score on it straight away. Uh, you know, the point differential is at least ten sometimes, sometimes fourteen. Um, I can understand uh, Gibson try, uh, clearly trying too hard. He was. We've never seen him doing what he did. The Ambry Thomas one was a bit unfortunate, I think. It just kind of got caught, and it just you be, you're better off giving 15 yards than than a touchdown. That's always going to be the case. Yeah, the ones on the ones on offense are obviously you know it's just bad on bad on bad, and you can't get out of your own way sometimes. And again, I think the Ravens just pummeled us, destroyed us, and we had no other choice than coming to a foul sometimes to try and get away with it. It it is what it is. It again, kudos to the Ravens. They played much better than we did and they totally deserved the win. Despite the four picks, uh, as I said, I think it would have been a tight game anyway. Um but yeah, it, it it's a they, symptom of everything. They played played a very clean game. I think they, they, they had game. very few penalties. You yeah. know, you're always going to give up a, a few, but yeah, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's probably enough. I think. Should we move on to something more joyous? The score predictions, <laughs> well, which are possibly not worth mentioning. So, uh, well, I could I can bring it up if you want. Uh, if you give me a sec, I will. Uh, but I I can tell you that nothing's happened. Duck uh, eggs. Both, but duck all eggs over. all around. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, we can't get everything I, right. Well, we can't get everything player right, watch, though. Player watch. Um, Paul, only place to start since we started with your player last time. I Money mean, bear? we're not going to mention the fumble recovery. Actually, Nadji might, but we've got oh, to well, give well, Ronnie absolutely. Uses. That's, that's two in two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, too it, many. It's true, but it, it's he's such an infuriating prospect. I mean, touchdown, um, Sam Darnold, decent throw in. It's nice to see Ronnie Bell get the touchdown in garbage time, but it is a concern that, especially now they've activated Danny Gray, I think that's telling that they've, Mm -hmm. sorry, they've activated his practice window off IR. They haven't elevated him to the um, squad, but given the fact that, like, there's been an opportunity there, Ronnie Bell might look back on these and think, you're not going to get too many of them, I imagine, as a rookie. You can't keep doing that. But he scored another touchdown, so... (laughs) And I had a stat for Lee's player watch because I wasn't sure how prepared we were going to be. So, McKivitz, yeah. get this loaded up. He's not as bad as everyone makes out, to be fair. So, on the night, he was um, he was 27th in the league in blown block uh, percentage on pass snaps. Um, he's now dropped to 29th in the league <laughs> after Monday night. But I mean, you had, you had to play left tackle, so... He's but... not getting paid the big bucks like his predecessor is so and I as i've seen another tweet we don't have we don't have much first round talent on that all line but we'll more on that for maybe the off season mm. i think that that might change and i think it probably needs to change but there we are uh, um your your players Naji. Uh, again jordan mason where well, anyway, we've talked about that. We don't know. We don't yeah, know. we just don't know. Do we? There was 
if there was one opportunity to see him, it was this one. Uh, Trying again to throw something else into the into the pot didn't happen. Uh, Jaya Brown, um, probably is, yeah, probably his worst one. I think again, just uh, realize what the top elite of the NFL can do uh, and how to <laughs> and and the, you know journey has to get on if he wants to get there. He, he played against. Uh, I think what should be his role model, Carl Milton, was absolutely stellar. Um, yeah, that didn't look good, especially trying to tackle Lama Jackson a couple of times. Uh, and then got, yeah, basically very rookie-ish type of performance from Brown. Again, he'll learn from it. And, uh, and, and because they were in a hole and they were trying to do things a little different on defense, uh, it's hard to adjust. And yeah, we kind of paid for it. But, um, do you not think it's funny, Nadji, that people say Lamar doesn't have any weapons? Zay Flowers on Odell Beckham and not two bad receivers. And yeah, like you said, Flowers, Brown uh... went up against them both. Zay Flowers yeah. was, 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 was superb. So, and we yeah. said a couple of weeks ago with Brown, this is what happens with the rookies. You're going to have those ups and downs. And like you said, Gareth, better to happen again now yeah. than in a couple of weeks' time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Demo, um, yeah. typical good, good solid game, I think some mistakes but no more so than a lot of other places on the defense still those missed tackles coming in um and still finding it difficult to contain that running quarterback and i think as you said nadji we uh we make a couple of great plays get them right where we want in third and long and whether it's just that we seem to notice it but we just do seem to give up third and 18 far more, more often than we give up third and seven yeah. I don't know if that's that's any stat can analyze that. Probably can. Sure. Pretty much every Somebody stat can. can be analyzed. But um, yeah, true. Uh, it just it just that's the way it feels, isn't it? You think we've got them, we we're we're gonna get them off the field here, and then just to see them get the first down after first down, it is a bit demoralizing. And I think the defense has that as well. To um, be fair, Gareth, Borsa they said to look at themselves. Borsa said that Lamar was different than what they'd seen mm. on the tape. They said that on the Special. game tape coming into this, he'd stood in the pocket a bit more, where on Monday night he seemed to default to the Lamar of his MVP years and looking for those escape hatches quickly. And like you said, on that run, third and 16, we're all sat at home thinking, well, oh, defence looks solid here. And he, he took off and one missed tackle. I mean, we talked missed tackles. We only had six missed tackles on the night. Bad, so it was an improvement. But when six you watch minutes. the tape back, there were so many opportunities to sack Lamar Jackson and people just got an arm away him or he seemed to duke the, the wrong way. And hopefully it's something we don't see again for, for a while, but who knows, eh? Yeah, I mean... Anyway. It's Lamar. Go on, Go on. No, he's, you it know, is. Yeah. It's, uh, this is top. There's, there's, there's only him that can do that. They're not going to see that again for a while. So I think I think we should flush the Ravens, um, unless you've got anything else, and and perhaps we should look ahead to week sixteen. Well, thank you to the Empire that gave us two points. That was nice. I guess that was pretty <laughs> funny. I don't think I've ever seen that player tripped on the Empire in the end zone. That was, it started, the game started pretty well for us with five five nil up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, mind, um, yeah. yeah. Soon, soon went bad. Anyway. Um, that is enough of that. So week 16, and we treated to a New Year's Eve game. Great for some, awkward for others. Uh, and it's the long trek east to face the 4-11 and 11 Washington Commanders. Uh, the Commanders are on a six-game losing streak and have now benched QB Sam Howell for backup Jacoby Brissett. 
don't know whether that's uh, necessarily a good or a bad thing for us. The Niners do desperately need a get-right game, and a trip to a struggling team with little to play for could be just what we need. Uh, was one of you guys able to delve into History Corner for a bit of this? Yes, I did. Nagy, off you go then. You, can, you, you have to do it in Lee's accent, though. Oh, there's no chance. <laughs> I cannot do English accent at all. Um Neither can we've <laughs> yeah. we've actually played each other quite a while. Obviously, the team used to be called the Redskins. They are called the Commanders. They were also called the Football Team for a while, which is uh, well for one year, um, which I think was better than Commanders. But mm, that's a, that's a subject for another day. Um, we hold the head-to-head twenty-two to twelve with one draw, and now uh, the. Our biggest victory, I think we've got a couple. Uh, I've lost everything now. But we did win uh, 52 to 7 once, I think. Uh, no, they won 52 to 17 against us. So that's their largest victory uh, against us. And uh, our biggest victory, I've lost it. I think it was something like 48 to 7 or 41 to 7. There it is. Uh, in 54, 1954. Um, not much history, not much rivalry. Uh, I think they've always been in the NFC East, so we've played each other quite a lot being in the NFC. Um, but yeah, do, when when does the Commanders last good? Because I, I don't remember really. Um, if they ever have been. They they were a decent Price team in, in certainly in the late 80s. They were. They won the Super Bowl, I think, before us, and okay. I think they they beat us in a, an NFC Championship game, which might have been eighty three or eighty four. It was before, yeah, Super Bowl eighteen. I think uh, Washington won it and had beaten us in a in an NFC Championship game where I think we were probably favoured to win, um, and uh, didn't manage to pull it out. It shows how how close we were to winning more than four Super Bowls in the eighties. We we could have probably won certainly six um, if we'd uh, yeah a few things had gone our way. But that's that's ancient history. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I can't think of the last time Washington have actually been that competitive, or last time they've made a championship game. In my yeah. fandom, RG three rookie season when Shanahan was there was the last time I remember them being kind of prominent. And yeah. I thought history corner you might mention the twenty nineteen game. Who oh, I was going to. I was, I was going there. Oh I yeah, just, I'll, I'll I'll just that. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about. I think for newer people that have been following the the NFL in not that long ago, this is obviously the, the most predominant uh, game. The nine nail. Mud ball. I, I don't think it was the first ever mud ball, but it's certainly one for the ages. Free field goal by by Robbie Gold and uh, and all those sliding people all over the place. I remember basically the entire D line just uh, sliding about fifty yards. By it was horrendous. I don't think planning. That, yeah, aqua planning. Yeah, I don't think that game should have been played. Probably very dangerous. <laughs> and it was horrible uh, to watch. They, they really couldn't do much at all um no running no passing no nothing it's just just feel yeah it's it's a good remember it's a, it's a good memory because we won it but yeah um that's about it i don't really know much about washington i think they've been one of those teams that's just kind of been average to good at some point but never predominantly at the top or being a penny in our neck personally so um so that's good um 
quite a quite a lot of players play for both teams. I've only wrote down a few. Uh, Billy Kilmer, no idea who actually that is, but I've looked at the players that have played long stint for both teams, not just one year in and there, because that happens way too many. Uh, he was a quarterback. Uh, notable names that I know, Andre Carter, Vernon Davis, Brandon Lloyd, Alex Smith, uh, obviously are big names. Um, we have two right now on our roster that used to play. Chase Young, of course, most recently added, and Trent Williams, who uh, is very well known for played for the Redskins back then. Um, and then, obviously, the best one we've always loved is Josh Norman, because uh, he's our favorite DB, <laughs> and uh, he's he's played for them too. So yeah, quite a few names. I think kind of legends as well of Niners. You know, Alex Smith, Vernon Davis, um, Trent Williams certainly is going to be. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm quite glad the way they treated Alex uh, when he came back from his gruesome injury. Um, I think that was really nice to see. And I think we played them that season. He played in, I remember, in 2021, maybe it was. Uh, and that was in contrast to how they looked after Trent Williams, which is why Trent really likes to play against him. You've missed the big one, Najee. Pierre Garçon, big free agent signing, came from Washington, didn't he? Wide receiver. <laughs> I just remember when he signed, a couple of people in the group got jerseys because I think they thought he was going to be better than what he was. Who was that? Pierre Garçon. Oh, Pierre yeah. Garçon, yeah, that's yeah. true. No, Wide receiver. Yeah, One touchdown in three seasons, I think. Yeah, Good poker fun. face there, Nadja. I thought, I've practiced that. I've got that no, pronunciation I, I, right. I, I, you I, looked at me. For, <laughs> I generally forgot. The list is the list is pretty long, so I may have just missed yeah. it. Um, by, I mean, I called my coins by for both teams, but, you know, people like this, which don't need to talk about. They don't no, really Vernon Davis us. was the one. That Vernon Davis, Club 85 yeah. original member, so. Yeah. Well, of course, the um, Washington did win their division with a, Seven and nine record was that three or four seasons ago? Yeah, they did. Well, I think yeah. that was when, the last yeah. time they they made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, not a not really full of glory the recent no. years and carrying on apparently, but more on that right now. Yeah, and obviously the, a change of ownership, maybe a change of direction. Yeah, possibly a change of head head coach uh, coming on the way as well. And I think they've had coaching changes already. Perhaps we'll uh, cover that with the uh, defense pool. Right. Yeah, it was uh, a bit difficult preparing this week because uh, they sacked Jack Del Rio a few weeks ago after they got blew out by the Cowboys. Um, I said to Nadji, off air, Gareth, what what can you say about the defence ranked 32nd in the league? They let Trevor Simeon well, last week eclipse 200 yards. The Jets run game, which isn't known for much as you added an extra 164. This could end up looking like a college defence versus an NFL offense on Sunday when I've been doing the deep dive. Like I said, Jack Del Rio got fired in November. And weirdly enough, Ron, Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, took over the defensive duties. And I was quite surprised because when you go back to his stint at the Panthers, the defense didn't do so well there. So the big change that everyone will notice for us is under Jack Del Rio, they tended to play a lot of man coverage. In fact, the most in the NFL since he's gone, they've gone back to zone coverage, but the secondary is terrible, and it's shown on the tape. They give up big, explosive players time and time again. They've got nothing to play for. 
Um, they've allowed 384.3 yards. They've allowed 51 touchdowns to be scored. The pass defence is ranked 31. The rush defence is ranked 23. I just think it's going to be a cakewalk for us. The secondary tries to disguise its looks, similar to what the Ravens did, but they don't do it as well. So I think Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy are going to be <laughs> having their Christmas turkey this week, Gareth. But there's not much to say. You've got the people watching on YouTube. Nadji's put the depth, the depth chart up there. So there's a couple of people injured. Any names jump off the page, chaps, for you guys? Kendall Fuller was the one that I recognised straight away. Other than that, I was struggling to come up with stuff for people on there that I didn't really Darren. know. I think the best player is probably Darren Payne, the, the nose tackle or left D tackle. Um, yeah, no, they've really don't that much on there. Uh, Castro Field, we used to have. We, uh, <clears throat> we drafted him. I was going to say that, that was the first name in, that in stuck the fi- out to in me. The fifth round, yeah, yeah. Um, good that he landed on the team and he's playing because I quite liked him. Uh, clearly, not good enough for the NFL though. He's third string corner. Um, yeah, no. Really not much. Jonathan Allen is not a bad rushing, but I think he's kind of hurt a little bit. Uh, no, this this is perfect for us to get right, I think. Uh, I wouldn't underestimate them because they're an NFL team and they can certainly um, play football and cause problems, especially if we start doubting. Uh, that's not going to happen. But, you know, this is a perfect game for Brock and, and Co. I think everybody's going to have a big game. More on that later. If you cast your minds back to the Jags game, and when we did the prep for the Jags game, Gareth, I said the Jags focused a lot on making turnovers the key feature of their defence. That's what Washington tried to do. And a lot of their secondary in their corners tried to jump the roots, but they missed the ball, they missed the man, and ended up going the other way. And they've continued to do it all season. And I, I just don't know why someone hasn't sat down. At, I'm not an expert. It jumped off the tape to me. And when I was doing my research, I thought, why do they keep doing that? But apparently, it's a philosophy that they've explored and they want to make the turnover battle the key. But what they're doing is they're missing tackles, they're missing the ball, and they're, let, they're letting the other team... I think they give up an average 30 points per game, which mm, if you're not good. listening to us week in, week out, the 49ers tend to like scoring 30 points, don't they, Najee? Yeah, we do. Um, but as I said, I wouldn't. I really would not underestimate them. They were they were down twenty odd points against the Jets, and they fought back. So they will play despite not having anything to play for. Um, this notion of tanking doesn't exist for players. Obviously, this is all a coaching thing. If it does indeed exist, which I don't think it does. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll play hard and they'll play till the end. I'm sure they would love to spoil our season and make something of this game. It's at home. It's probably the last game at home. Uh, I don't. I, I think they're, they're playing the Cowboys the, the week after. Um, That's right, yeah. After so two games. The, I'm sure they would absolutely love spoiling us and the Cowboys season by taking two wins when we really need to win to get our number one seed. Although they would give it to Philly, which I'm sure they mm-hmm. wouldn't like either. Um, but yeah. I was going to say, beating, beating us helps Dallas and Philly, so... I, yeah. You're right. I don't think the players actually gonna, care. That's not. Yeah, they don't. No, care I agree with Nadji. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk to the point where they're going to let people go past. It's just we we've said it no. time and time again. You look in the NFL and there's fine margins, but at the moment they're struggling on both sides of the ball. There's talk. Gareth have already said Riverboat Ron won't be back next year. Every win hurts their draft prospect. They've benched the QB, so you could argue they're not tanking as such. But if the win. These games between, well, the last two games, it could affect draft position. But you're right, Nadji, players don't think about that. 
Because no. some of these players might not be there next year, so they're playing for jobs elsewhere, yeah, which exactly. is what makes the NFL exactly. a beautiful spot. And, you know, I think the change of ownership is actually quite huge. They clearly were in a weird relationship with Snyder um, before all of this stuff has happened, has happened. Uh, you know, the John Gruden got fired because of <laughs> Snyder. Um, so, you know, I think the the new regime, the new ownership, which is, I think is a conglomerate of people, it's not just one that owns the team now, um, would want to just wash their hand of everything that's been done before they arrived. And it's probably going to show. I think, you. I don't know if you remember, Paul, but when we talk about the Cardinals, I, I said it wouldn't surprise me if I see them kind of quitting, you know, like they did in in Mexico. Yeah. Um, some players making business decisions. I could see mm. this happening in that game. Uh, if if the, if we can run the score up big, yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if that defense decides to not play as hard as they would just to keep the bodies fresh for next season. And as you said, try and find a job maybe with this team and a new regime and try and start something anew or somewhere else and short for uh, the playoffs or a better team or whatever it is that uh, those people want to do. Um, yeah. So unless you've got anything else to say, we'll talk briefe about the uh offense unless yeah let's uh we've we've done the who's nobody of the defense let's do the who's nobody of the offense <laughs> well they've got a they've got, i think their they receiving core is actually pretty unfair. good yeah yeah it is unfair i think they've got they've got a good offense i think they've got weapons uh the name obviously that jumps here is terry mclaurin scary terry really like him i think he's a very very good underrated receiver uh it could hurt us he's he's extremely good he's pr- he's better than zay flowers let's put it that down i know we don't talk about the ravens anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know john dalston dotson um is very good too in his second season curtis samuel used to be compared to debo i think that went away pretty fast when he uh went to the panthers um and you, you know they 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 all offensive coordinators sorry i'm just bugging um is actually uh very good he used to be in kansas city he's left we see what's happening in kansas now um eric Bieniemy, uh who i think should have had a head coach job years ago uh let's now expand on this um he's running the offense i think it's a good offense uh they're just really poor in talent especially on the line and if you see all those red names here uh charles leno uh, tyler larson and willie andrew look like they might not play i know two of them certainly are will be questionable i think one of them is practiced already um so they're going to struggle on the line and that's probably one of the reasons uh jacoby brissett is starting rather than sam howell uh, i don't think they want to injure a rookie in there who takes maybe a tad longer uh, than and a veteran like brissett to read defenses and give him that extra time, especially against a very angry D-line from the San Francisco 49ers mm. that's going to rock up to town. And that's going to try and make a statement for sure. Um, I also like their running backs. I think Brian Robinson Jr. is pretty good, when he, especially when he was Jacksonville. Really got done dirty there. Uh, but even Antonio Gibson is is very decent. Um, and Derek Gore, no affiliation with Frank. Uh, used to be in Kansas. Uh, clearly, the enemy brought him over. I think they play they play a good defense. They're just not as talented as they would like to be. It's a lot easier to run that kind of offense uh, with Mahomes than with a rookie or a second year like Sam Howell. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, 
no, nothing on there scares me. I think Terry McLaurin is it's a good test for Ombre Thomas and and uh, Mooney Ward. But apart from that, I think the D line is going to be feasting. You mentioned that we played them last year, and you're right. It was Christmas Eve last year because Tracy's yeah. least favorite game of the year. We won thirty-seven to twenty. But the reason I brought that up, Nadji, is the benched Taylor Heineke for Carson Wentz, and it's weird oh, yeah. that we're playing against them again, and they've benched a young quarterback to bring in Brissett which yeah. I don't know, like you said. I never thought of it, like you said, about the rookie getting the ball out of his hands. That could purely be what it's about. Because yeah. when you look at Howell, he tends to be a bit of a a poor man's Justin Fields, is what I've heard him describe. as running around a little bit and trying to make a play. Um, he's got the lowest completion rate in the NFL, so I was kind of excited to see our secondary go up against Howell. <laughs> but Jacoby Brissett, decent yeah, veteran. Seasoned veteran. Yeah. He's, one of those, he's one of those guys that, can have a good game, but also is a backup for a reason. Um, and he hasn't played for a while. He was in Cleveland last year, so it's only his first year in the system and he hasn't played this year. And I think he's in for a shock at the speed of our defense, especially especially when we're going to try and make a statement. And I cannot overstate this. Our defense is going to be hungry and angry uh, mm-hmm. on that game. And, and we do need to win. As I said, we win this game. Detroit, which I think is going to lose against the Cowboys. Please, Cowboys, do us a favor for once. Um, and the Eagles could get pushed over by the Cardinals. Um, mm. And then we've got the number one seed. So, you know, we just need to win two games anyway. So this one is next on the calendar. So why not? Anything else that jumps at you? They're, I mean, they're not a team that I've paid that much attention to. Um, they don't really have those star playmakers that you kind of hear about and and want to watch their highlights because you hear about what they're doing. Um, they have won four games, I guess, so they're, they're not the worst in the division. But it does seem maybe it'll be interesting to see if they get uh, a home crowd turnout on New Year's Eve afternoon when there's not much to play for and not much to cheer for, particularly if the weather's bad, because, of course, the weather could be a factor in this game as well. Um, that's something that concerns me, particularly with the amount of injuries that we're currently carrying, um, particularly from the from the last game. The last thing you want to see is one of those slip-and-slide games where where people are, uh, are taking tumbles all the time. Um, but I think you've said it. They're, they're a team we should be able to get after. I think there's a lot of players out there who will, who will want to prove that the last game isn't indicative of their individual performances or our performances as a team. And I think we'll want to go out and make a statement early. And I think hopefully without dismissing the commanders too much, to be honest, this is a game we should have won in the third quarter and then be able to potentially to rest some people. Uh, the, the commanders haven't got anything to play for and, and we have got talent uh, to overwhelm them at every single position um, and should do so after our last performance. If we can't, that is some concern about losing that momentum um, going into the last game of the season and the playoffs. Um, this is a this is a team we should be putting away uh, handily, as we have with other similar teams, putting 30, 30-plus points on them um, and and making making the game not even as close as the score looks at the end when we're winning by 17, 18 points. I so think that's... 
quick correction. Brissa did play against the Rams and, and the Jets the last two games. Uh, he subbed in for oh, yeah. uh, Sam Howell that got benched. So he, he has played and he's looked better and he's clearly won the job. Uh, again, I, I don't think he, he could definitely have a big game like O'Connell did last year against us, against the Raiders, uh, if you remember this. No, it wasn't O'Connell. It was somebody else. Oh, Jason Stidham. Stidham. It was Stidham, yeah. They, I think Brissette... had a monster game, but... He hasn't turned the ball over, just yeah. looking. Because you've mentioned the weather there, Gareth, so I was trying to Google it. There's no concerns at the moment, but it is Thursday night in the UK that we're recording this. And all I was going to say is when you look at the points that they've scored, they're very boom or bust. They've yeah. won close games, but when you look, they've, they've conceded 45 against the Dolphins, they conceded 37 against the Bills, 45 against the Cowboys. And if you look at those offences, that's very similar to how our offences. So I'm, I'm fairly confident like you, but any given Sunday, we, we found totally. out before. So... Especially after the last game. <laughs> yeah, and if there is any hangover from the last game or anything, or the injuries, particularly if we do struggle to field a strong O-line, that can obviously be uh, a consideration as well. Uh, and if, we, if we're if we sloppy, if we've got penalties again, and we... We're too slack early in the game by thinking, oh, we'll get another possession, we'll beat them um, later on in the game. And then suddenly the game's tight going into the third quarter um, and and Washington are saying, hang on, we can knock off a a playoff team here. Um, Maybe they'll get the tails up uh, and it'll be far less comfortable in the fourth quarter than we we want it to be. Uh, But I I am confident, I I think we know the identity of the Niners team well enough to know that they won't want to put too bad performances uh, together. I think they'll they'll be smarting um, and have been somewhat embarrassed by the game on the, on Christmas Day. Be interesting to see Devo seems to have been embarrassed by some high school kids um, this week uh, on Twitter. I think with a Cam Newton impersonation. Uh, <laughs> interested to see how he's going to react to that um, as yeah. well. Whether that's going to uh, proved to be a distraction, but with this, this has come at the right sort of time. We we need a get right game, um, and this we can really have asked for a better one. So uh, let's go over there. Let's put in a good performance, um, and let's get some momentum going into the last week of the season. I'd have been Score more, predictions. I'd have been oh, more. Oh, go on, Paul. I'd have been more of Chase Young. We're still on the Commanders team, Gareth. Yeah. So I'm just glad he's on our side. Score predictions. Absolutely. Um, mm. I'm at the I, top. I am definitely not in the lead. So Yeah, I'm at the top. So I, I got to go first now you're here. Uh, Lee hasn't sent his yet. So uh, hopefully he does so in the next couple of minutes or so. If not, yeah, I think he... I mean, he did mention he likes the commanders and he would give them 40 points or something like that. I heard, I heard stories of 45 I think to, so, yeah. to the commanders. So, uh, that's what we'll be putting down very soon. But it's it's me first. Um, yeah, I think we get right and we get right properly to uh, sh- uh, sh- shut up the uh, non-MVP and all that. Although, you know, I did say this is why you got to play football uh, all the way to January to get the MVP. It's very hard to win yeah. it. And, uh, and Brock's done, us, uh, done himself a disfavor, but he's going to put himself right. We're going to win this game 38 to 17. Mm. There Ooh, we what have go. You got? Oh, very similar to that, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can really? tell we're getting to the business <laughs> so end of the season. So I was... Oh, 
I had two, but I'm going to go with 34 to 13 for the 49ers. I was I was looking at a, a high one, but because we're at the business end of the season, yeah. I'm doing a bit of an El Presidente. Not going to lie. Not my heart. Not going to lie. I was very close to give give us 45 or so. Just, I just don't see it happening, though. I think they're yeah. gonna, as you said, I, I think they're going to be over in the third, and then maybe Donald's going to play some more or something like that to rest. Um Brock's shoulder or whatever it is. So over to you, Gareth. This oh. is where you come in and say 50-burger. Oh, you see, because now you've actually gone very close to my uh, my prediction that I've got written down. But since I am trailing in the uh, the score prediction, I feel that I've got to do something to to uh, pull myself apart from the rest of you, really, um, oh, and give myself a chance to, to win some points back. So uh, I think I'm going to have to go large um, with okay. a 42-10 Niners win. Nice. I had 45 10 written down, so yeah. yours comes in or that comes in. But uh... no, I've, had, I've had to bump the Niners score up and the Commander score down, I think, to try so... and uh, claw my yeah. way back into the into the. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, it's somewhere. totally possible. It's totally possible, and you it definitely is. need it. Um, so, what are we doing for Lee score? Uh, the two times I wasn't on, you just oh. Showed, just oh, oh, it's just oh. coming. Breaking news! Breaking news! Perfect yeah. timing. Look at that. Breaking news, Lee's... I'm going to go Lee's... back and watch this on YouTube because all three of us looked at our phones, our screens at the same, at the same time. time. He's yeah, planned yeah, yeah. that. He he's, knows what he's, he's doing. He's listening to me. There's a, there's a back door in StreamYard and he's listening to our <laughs> score predictions. So there's two of them. I'll take the I'll take the second one. Uh, so Lee's predicting a 35 to 19. Uh, I'm guessing Niners victory, right? Yeah, we'll, <laughs> give, him well, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. We'll give him that. We also need to shoot down the narrative that he's not here because he's addicted to the pop Funko maker that a <laughs> no, lot of us time to. I think he, uh, I think he created I so many Microsoft accounts to be able to do it, and he broke it completely. Uh, so that's that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty close to us. Um, I'll give him a chance to change it if he wants to when he sees. Uh, Mine and yours uh, score prediction, Paul. Because uh, tough. It, if, you, if you if you don't make the show, I've oh, we've all had to put in score predictions. Not that's true. That's true. Said. I'm I'm just so, trying to be fair. I'm just trying to be fair. It's very nice. close to us, so he's probably going to score the same as what we do. There or thereabouts. So we've missed the um, voice of reason, Gareth, because me and Nadji've yeah, been have. able to run the last two weeks with Nadji said. I know it's been just, chaos. Just, just predict better, Gowland. Just predict better, but we'll just think. <laughs> If we only finish the season with one perfect score prediction, then it's not Lee's. <laughs> He's never going to forget. He'll rage about that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell him now and see, see if he changes his mind. Um, but yeah, um, that's that. Two, two to go until the playoffs, which will count. Remember, people, mm-hmm. the playoffs will count. So it's not over. It's, it's only 13 points, which you could just claw back this week. Totally, totally. Um, I mean, uh, it's had, had you had you predicted a, a, a Ravens win, uh, you would be right back in it. That's it, yeah. And I think I possibly did at the beginning of the season. Although I, I think too. I also yeah, predicted yeah. the uh, a Washington win. I must say, I thought the Commanders were going to be a little bit better this season than they have. And I thought it might be uh, one of those long, ga- uh, long travel games at the end of the season where you just don't quite turn up. But I think we've had that last last week. Um, any uh, any boldies would you like to stick your necks out for this game? 
Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do, as I said, I think Brock is bouncing back with a four touchdown uh, performance, 350 yeah. yards, uh, and I think he's going to run one in as well. So five touchdown totals. Well, that would be bold because if Brock throws for that, you've stole my thunder. I was going to say Brock was going to throw for 230 yards because he only needs 229 yards to become San Francisco's single season leader in passing yards. Which the last time we had someone like that, Najee, was the year two thousand. Yeah, twenty three years time. ago. So, because you stole my thunder with Brock Purdy, I'm going to say this is the Chase Young rebound Ooh, game. He's going to get three sacks and a fumble recovery. You heard it here first on the Fighting Anna Fairful UK. Nice. What about you, Gareth? Any boldies? <sighs> um, well, it was. Uh... It's it's not bold. I, I think CMC's going to uh, um, have a, have another monster game. I think maybe three TDs over 150 yards. He's chasing Jerry as well as well for his uh, for, for totally. the record for touchdown. He's very very close. Yeah, I, that broke record. I, I would love for him to have him this game this game because it would yeah. kind of contrast the Ravens game and also he would have done it in 16 games because I'm sure if he does it in 17 people are just going to be like oh it doesn't count so if he does it in 16 I think it'll be a lot better uh, but yeah if he's number one uh, get back that MVP talk on him because I still think he deserves that one bad game uh, I mean had we played had, had he played this game week one we would have all forgotten about it by now and he would still be in contention for MVP. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. But and he he still leads the league uh, in the in the rating, yeah, even with that shocking game to put Obviously, into that. Yeah. So it shows yeah. how good and how consistently oh, he's been sure. good about uh, over the other games. Well, as I, I said earlier, Gareth Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's got nine more touchdown passes. 400 more passing yards and an identical 96 passer rating. So you've just got to be careful. You can't just let one good game or one bad game blind you like you said Najee, it's over the season i just kind of wish they'd do it at the end of the actual season yeah, the mvp rather yeah. than kind of like now it just seems a little bit like cuz let's face it the only thing that really matters is february and yeah, this could be our last road trip of the season mm-hmm. if we win out the next road trip will be vegas baby yeah totally. which isn't that far yeah. yeah it's not it's not it's creeping up on us so lads i think that's it Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And thanks everyone who listens and watches the show. One more thing, though. Oh. Yes. Sorry. No, you're getting there. I was going to say it. Ah. In fact, it was a very special end of year thanks to everyone who has watched and listened to the show this year. Because I think we have broken our downloads record for the calendar year. And we are at least partly confident it's not just Lee deleting and then re downloading all the episodes uh, <laughs> each week. We think that people are actually out there uh, listening to the show. Do you, did you have the numbers, Naji? I do write, have the numbers, yeah. Out? So, so this, December has been our best month ever. Um, Thank you. We are at 3,300, and oh, uh, let me get this done exactly right. Uh, December, December, December. Uh, there it is. Uh, Three thousand two hundred and ninety-six. Uh, no doubt, this podcast will get a few downloads. Hopefully, please download it. Listen to us. Um, yeah. So December 
has, has been our best game, uh, best month ever. Uh, also, we set ourselves a target at the beginning of the season, in well, at the beginning of the year in January, because uh, we count January to December. It's easier, uh, despite the nothing in the middle, rather than do September season, uh, football season. Um, but we wanted to reach eighteen thousand, and we're about three hundred away. So hopefully. Please, again, tell people to download. And with this episode, will probably be the last one of the season. Uh, we should get there. And if we're not, we're very close to it. I'm very happy. Again, I think it's something... When we first started it, uh, I really didn't care about the numbers. We did it because it was really fun. It still is really fun, and that's the primary reason we do it. But seeing us grow the way we are uh, is more of a affirmation that what we're doing you people enjoy and you talk about it otherwise the numbers wouldn't grow and and that's good to see because it makes us want to get better and put our nose down and watch more tape and talk more about and learn about football all together and talk niners and not just blab on about uh mm-hmm. whatever like other can't people do because we could do that we could just come on and say oh we should start start down all then because he scored a touchdown but we don't um we really take pride in what we say and what we do and the way we say it um so it's good to see and it's great to it's a shame lee isn't here to celebrate with us um but we we, we can celebrate at the end of the season again uh but yeah let's you know um, I'm just I'm just happy that numbers are going up. It's it's pretty cool. I, like I was just gonna say before you finish off, Gareth, this will be the last show of twenty twenty three. It will the last will podcast be. that I'm doing. We set ourselves the target with a YouTube channel, not gonna lie. Nadia thought five hundred by the uh-huh. end of the year subs. And we're at seven hundred and three subs. The fact that people are asking when the next pod's out or when the pods are going on. So originally we weren't gonna put the pods on YouTube because we thought people will just listen to the pod. But yeah. people want to see the interaction. And Gareth, you put together the new format, the three talking points, the scouting yeah. report. So to be honest, like you said, Najee, as much as we love doing it because we get to talk football, the structure's helped. And the fact that you come on and you don't know where the show's going to go. You know, you've got your three talking mm-hmm. points. And I said it in Levi's, and I'll say it again. Gareth Ellis has the hardest job in sport entertainment because he has to yeah, keep me, totally. Gowland, and Najee Carrar in check. But all jokes aside, chaps, Let's see what the playoffs bring. And I'm excited to see what next year brings our little podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well done, lads. And yeah, we do really appreciate all the comments and, and the fact that people ask for the show uh, and and do listen to the show. And we're always open to uh, any ideas or any, any constructive criticism as well. I think we're all big boys. I think mm-hmm. we'd all rather hear if there was something about the show that people people felt didn't work well um than than people drift away from the show by not saying anything anyway enough of that i do hope you've all had a good christmas despite the result uh, and i think uh, certainly i've enjoyed seeing all the niner swag that santa has delivered to the uk yeah. faithful so if uh, if you're getting anything if you're getting anything else do put the pictures out um we all do like to see uh, the little niner stuff that we uh, that we get so it might well be the last game and certainly the last pod of the year but definitely not of the season let's get some momentum back before the playoffs and go out and get a good win so enjoy any remaining leftovers and chocolates and pies that you might still have left and enjoy your new year's eve go niners go niners bang bang niner gang we love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.